This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. From nj.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights, with your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rutgers Rant, uh, National Signing Day Recruiting Edition. I'm obviously not Steve Politi, the usual host. This is Brian Fonseca, and I'm here with Todrick Hunt, our recruiting yep. guru, recruiting extraordinaire. Todrick, welcome back to the Rutgers <laughs> Rant. How are we doing? I'm doing so well, Brian. I've been up for the last few hours trying to get these lists together and prepare for this meeting. Obviously, it's a lot going on in Rutgers world. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a big time of the year for you. You obviously track these kids for 12 months, 24 months, years until they get to the point where they get to college. A lot of these kids now, yesterday, uh, we're recording this Thursday morning, signed, made their commitments to Rutgers official. They are now Scarlet Knights. I guess I'll just open the floor to you to start. What do you think about the Rutgers 2024 class as it sits and just what Greg Schiano and company have put together for this cycle? Yeah, I think it, it may be the best class that they've put together since Greg returned, uh, just because of the top heavy talent at the top and guys that that I think could help Rutgers, you know, right away kind of hop into that too deep, uh, give guys a spell, uh, you know, mostly at the skill positions, because it's obviously tougher, you know, the closer you are to the football to get on the, the field earlier, because you, you need that grown man muscle, you know, strength and dedication in the trenches, which usually comes in year, you know, three or four in a conference like the Big Ten or the SEC. But guys like K.J. Duff, you know, Kosh Sanders, Antonio White, A.J. Sures, Benjamin Black, Kevin Levy are guys who I feel like could impact the team. <laughs> in the two deep uh, and give them an, an immediate boost. In addition to the transfer portal players, they'll be able to pick up. Sure. So let's start at wide receiver. It's a position they they've struggled with for a few years now. Uh, they had a couple guys. Ian strong was a guy who played as a true freshman last year. And uh, Greg Shiano even kind of compared Corey Duff, KJ Duff, the top recruit in New York to Ian strong. Do you feel like that is another kid who could come in and play right away? Maybe not be the number one receiver, but could come in and make an impact and help that wide receiver room. Yeah, I mean, I certainly expect uh, Corey Duff to touch the field, especially when you look at what a kid like Ian Strong did uh, his first year on the banks. A lot of people don't know Ian Strong was a safety in high school. So he's a converted wide receiver who stepped up and w was one of Rutgers, you know, biggest tools on the outside this year. Comparing him to a kid like Corey, I mean, they look the same. They're close friends, you know, similar build, hairstyle, uh, all of that. Corey is probably even more seasoned at the position, being an actual wide receiver slash, you know, tight end hybrid. So he's actually been running routes and working on these things for years, whereas Ian, a guy who made an impact already, uh, despite the fact 
that he didn't have that type of training. You know, he was playing on the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for a kid like Duff who can score from anywhere on the field. You don't usually see kids that big and long able to uh, do so much after the catch, make people miss, step out of tackles, run over people, and get in the end zone. So I'm excited about Rutgers wide receiver core big, fast, athletic guys on the outside. I'll throw Fama Toure in there, who's been making some highlight grabs throughout bowl practices and a guy that I hope that we get to see on the field when those guys take on Miami in the pinstripe bowl. But a lot of big athletic receivers, young guys who are sort of starting to come into their own. And then you got to love what they did grabbing Dimir Miller, right? A plug and play that you can throw on the outside, uh, open up things for the run game due to his speed, ability to run routes. Something that they tried to do last year with uh, Jaquay, unfortunately, he was banged up throughout most of the year uh, and didn't really get to uh, reach his full potential at the position. But uh, they get a fresh start with a guy like Damir Miller, um, a smaller guy, but with great speed, great, great maturity, can really stretch the field and let all FCS and receiving yards and receiving yards per game. You talked to Damir after he committed and got a sense of, uh, you know, what, what he felt after he made it official, I guess, just what, you talked a little bit about what they're going to get from him on the field, but what was your sense in talking to him, uh, how he feels about this opportunity to uh, you know move up a level and, and prove his worth in the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's the money ball, right? I mean, he's the golden goose in this day and age of NIL where, you know, so many people are running around worried about, you know, money and cashing in on whatever they can get out of this college experience. This is a young man who just wants an opportunity at the highest level of football. He's dominated FCS ball. And, and eventually wants to improve the life of him and his daughter who lives in Union City, which also makes this make a lot of sense um, by getting an opportunity to play in the NFL. And uh, what better setup for him than Rutgers, you know, being at Monmouth 40, 45 minutes away, having relationships uh, with the guys on the roster and now just hopping, like I said, 45 minutes away to Greg Schiano uh, for an opportunity to potentially start um, and be that missing ingredient you know, that the team needs on offense. And it's interesting because a guy like Aaron Young, his good friend from childhood, is actually the guy who played such a big role in recruiting him to Rutgers. And then right before Dimir announces that he's going to commit to Rutgers, uh, Aaron announces that he's leaving Rutgers and entering the transfer portal. Um, but it does show you um, the relationship that, that these guys are building, the way they're treating these kids at Rutgers, that would make a kid who says, all right, maybe I don't have the opportunity to play and reach the NFL here based upon the competition I have in the room, right? With guy coming back, with Sam coming back. I mean, it's, it's a crowded room, but I still got so much out of my experience here at Rutgers. I'm going to recruit a close friend here, despite the fact that, you know, I'm going to spend my last opportunity somewhere where I can get a shot on the field and play and, and reach my goals. So uh, cool story there. Absolutely. I think it's a, a, a people talk about culture and football programs all the time. It's this buzzword thrown around. This is a concrete example of Rutgers has a rock solid culture in um, a kid like Aaron Young doing that. Absolutely. Uh, before Absolutely. we move on from wide receiver, I, a kid I want to touch on is Benjamin Black out of North Carolina. Uh, this is a kid that Rutgers kind of had to push North Carolina State away. They pushed really hard to get him and he ultimately stayed with Rutgers. One, what does Benjamin Black bring? Seems like a real burner, a guy with real speed, but what does it mean to have a kid whose in-state school is fighting so hard? That's got to be kind of uh, an endorsement of sorts to know that people that are close watching him really want him. All of these little cool stories within the story, right? With it within these respective states, like these stories are bigger deals for these people who watch these kids locally. And a guy like Benjamin Black, 
Uh, he's one of those guys on that short list, which I feel like could have could affect Rutgers positively as a true freshman, uh, especially in the kick or, or punt return game. This is a kid with 10, 7, 100 meter speed, really fast, quick acceleration. You know, Rutgers needs more speed. So kids like Black come in with an opportunity to potentially touch the field if they can do all the other things they need to do, right, as freshman college students, right, just kind of adapt to that whole thing, the schedule, uh, being busy all the time, the schoolwork. You know, outside of the practice, I know Greg Shiano was talking about how some visitors came up, watched those guys practice and chose to go elsewhere. I mean, the guys at Rutgers, they do work hard. They work really hard. So adjusting to all of those things uh, is a big challenge in itself outside of the football. So it's hard to always project these guys forward because there are these pieces that you just that that are intangibles that you don't necessarily know how they will react to. Um, another piece that I think is imp- important in the recruiting process is recruiting durable guys. I mean, it's just such a physical game. Guys break down. You don't know if they'll be healthy. So there's just so many factors that go into whether or not someone will be successful at the college level. But a guy like Benjamin Black has a shot because he can really run. He's twitchy. He's got great vision. And he's a playmaker. Moving on to the guy that will maybe be throwing him the ball throughout his college career, A.J. Serace, Rutgers quarterback for this class, committed in February stayed very true, obviously, to his commitment, was that, along with his teammate Gabe Winovich, was at every home game this season for Rutgers, which has got to be some sort of record. Obviously, a kid that's committed to being a part of this program. What is Rutgers getting in A.J. Serace? Do you project him as a guy that will develop down the line and be a contributor? Obviously, he has Gavin Wimsett coming back as an incumbent starter. They're pursuing a quarterback in the portal and Ethan Kaliak-Manis, so there might be a bit of a crowded room there, but I guess what do you what do you expect out of AJ Serace early on, and what does he bring to Rutgers that he could project into the future? Well, he's an accurate processor and the son of a college coach, so I certainly expect him from day one to to push those guys, you know, whoever's in that quarterback room at the time, um, and help them sort of get the best out of themselves. Uh, do I expect AJ to come in and you know um, start and, and and dominate the Big Ten as a true freshman? No, I mean it's just it's just uncommon. You know, unless you're just one of those freaks of nature, you know, five star kids that come in and, and like 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 a Trevor Lawrence or something like that, who's just uh, an, an, an absolute special type of football player. Whereas there's only maybe 10, 12 of those guys throughout the country the entire year. That's a different story. But it's 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 a tough load to come into a conference like the Big Ten, especially at the quarterback position, which is the toughest position in sports you know, start, really take on a big role in a conference like that, you know, fresh out the box. Uh, So uh, he definitely helps the quarterback room, I think makes them better next year by just what what his strengths are and his ability to maybe push some guys. And I think in the future, due to his ability ability to process, throw accurately, and he's also a better athlete than a lot of people think. He spends a lot of time on his body, strength, nutrition. He's all about the game, coach's son, ambassador of the football program, pretty much checks every single box. But I do think it'll take him a couple years to develop into what he will be in the future. Uh, I saw some photos you posted from his signing uh, day yesterday. Got big kid, big kid for a quarterback, big kid for a high school senior. And I know you spent a, t- a lot of time over the summer talking to people around him for that great story you wrote about just kind of what, what kind of kid he is, a processor, coach's son, all that great stuff. So uh, it sounds like a, a ringing endorsement for AJ Serace. Obviously, every cycle needs its quarterback, needs its leader. It seems like he's projected to be eventually their leader on the field. And the way he recruited the rest of this class, it seems like he's already a leader off the field as well and getting these guys together. 
Yeah, and he doesn't eat sweets. I mean, this is a kid who asked for compression socks and protein shakes for Christmas. I mean, he is not your ordinary high school kid, which gives him a chance to go into a place like Rutgers with a coaching staff like Greg Schiano has put together. I mean, this is a kid who really wants to work, um, and that'll get these guys on his side and I think other players behind him and around him and give him a shot to be a successful Rutgers quarterback down the line. Absolutely. Looking at this class, 24 kids, large group, sometimes it's it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. Are there any kids that you saw that you think maybe are either underrated or under-recruited or flying under the radar that you think, um, you know, in, in a couple of years, people could could look up and say, wow, who's that kid? I don't remember him in the recruiting process. I really like Matthew Ogunier. I mean, he's a kid that's raw. He's more of a uh, pass-catching tight end. You know, got hurt throughout the year, and he's one of maybe three guys along with Sam Robinson and, and Montel Johnson that, that Rutgers may have had a, a much tougher um, time landing if they had not gotten hurt uh, as seniors because these are SEC, Big Ten type of guys, big, strong, fly-around, run-and-hit, and a guy like Ogunier, just an athletic pass-catching tight end of the likes of – Nothing we've probably seen at Rutgers. Um, you know, most of these guys are usually bigger guys that are brought into block, but this is a guy that can do a lot of different things in the passing game and be an, a great outlet receiver uh, for for AJ or whoever his quarterback is at the time. I uh, know he's drawn some comparisons to a guy like Antonio Gates when he came up to Rutgers camp. You know, super raw, athletic, high upside, and I uh, look forward to see what he'll do at the next level. The helix is coming. That's right. Ground is broken, foundations are being laid, and the plans are being realized. For those that have not yet heard, the Helix is a new innovation district in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Smack dab in the middle of the Northeast Corridor, the Helix is a place for innovators to gather and innovation to take action. It offers a range of physical environments, a vibrant innovation community, and a strategic central location in close proximity to New York, Philly, Boston, and D.C. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others are already signing up to call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is coming. Visit helixnj.com to learn more. And I guess the flip side of that, true freshmen, a lot of the places they can carve out a role is on special teams and trying to, uh, you know, get get some snaps there. Uh, Are there any guys that, whether it is special teams or other positions, that you think can contribute as true freshmen and kind of wet their feet in their first fall? Oh, sure. Like the, the the guys who can really run and hit, like um, obviously we talked about Sam Robinson, Montel Johnson having some injuries as seniors. So if they're, if they're healthy enough, I can see those big guys who can really run and hit flying down the field on special teams and making some plays. Uh, Sam Piloff, uh, another high motor guy, really productive, over 100 tackles last year. Unique kid who actually runs track and also plays lacrosse. Right? There's not a lot of football players who play lacrosse, so that's pretty pretty special. But the key thing there is between those three guys, they're all violent. And I know that was something that Rutgers really looked to um, increase upon over the years in the Big Ten, matching the physicality of these other teams. Guys like these guys help you do that. Uh, Dakari Gilly, another um, 
multi-positional player, big, fast, can run. Noah Shaw, I can see all of these guys um, helping on special teams. Antonio White, Kevin Levy, guys who can fly. Uh, and also not just special teams in the sense that they're running down on kickoff, uh, special teams return, field goal, whatever it may be. Right, taking taking snaps off some of those starters, um, which which actually helps the team go a long way. Sure, uh, you touched on Sam Piloff, a kid from Wisconsin. Uh, Antonio White is a kid from Georgia. I believe it's the first time Rutgers has gotten a Georgia kid since Greg Schiano has come back. Um, and yep, I don't yep. think it's a market they've really entered in prior to that. Um, do you view? Do you have any thoughts on? It seems like Rutgers is spreading their recruiting footprint. Uh, do you have a sense of why that is, and just what how it could kind of impact recruiting going forward? Yeah, I mean, the state of New Jersey has been down for the past couple of years, unfortunately. I mean, it's top heavy. You know, the lists look good on on, on 247 and Rivals and all of that. Um, but these coaches don't necessarily recruit off of the recruiting websites. And when it comes to breaking down these kids, they're finding value in other places when they can't find it within the state. So um, Rutgers is always going to recruit New Jersey first and foremost. But when it can't find what they need in state, they're willing to step out of state. Hence, they've expanded their recruiting footprint, right? They made a concerted effort to recruit the Midwest, you know, snagging two kids from Wisconsin, Middleton teammates, Sam Piloff and Carter Kadal, guys who will prove to be uh, effective for Rutgers down the line, high motor guys, you know, who love the game. Uh, they got Isaiah Crumpler uh, out of Ca Carolina. He's got some uh, strong uh, athletic pedigree with uh, a couple of family members who played in the NFL, obviously Antonio White from Georgia, who you mentioned. So uh, you you are starting to see the, the footprint expand. If kids can play and, and the staff feels that they can make a connection with the kid, they are willing uh, to go certain places to add talent to the roster. Absolutely. The, the offensive line might be the hardest position to project for these high school recruits because it takes them, you know, aside from freaks of nature, like Chase Basantis, who's starting as a true freshman in the SEC, most of these kids take two, three years before they're ready to contribute. Um, is there anything about the offensive linemen they've gotten in this class that stands out, or is it just too early to tell given the nature of the position? Right, and I touched on this in my trends post. It seems like if Rutgers is going to miss on a recruit, it would rather miss big. And what I mean by big is by a big athletic guy, right, um, that at least has the physical tools to compete at the highest level of football, right? Now you're depending on your ability to to coach him up and develop that young man, um, but it's probably the best strategy when facing teams regularly week in and week out that pull these four- and five-star linemen that you have to compete with. In this day and age of NIL, those guys are expensive. So you got to find a way to supplement that talent without breaking the bank. And you do that by grabbing these young athletic tackle types who can bend. Maybe they would con convert it from tight end or something like that. Good hoops players. But these guys give you a chance, right, to get them in the building, right, because they have all the attributes. Now it depends on your coaching, ability to coach them up, coach them up quickly. So when they touch the field on year three, you know, year four, they're completing, competing against counterparts who may have been more highly ranked, but now they're coached up to the point in addition to their attributes where they can either hold their own or excel. Right. And I think Rutgers has shown their strength and conditioning team is pretty good at doing this. They've done the inverse where uh, Holland Pierce obviously was the inverse. He was a really big guy that they slimmed down and made into uh, one of the Big Ten's best tackles. Uh, and obviously the inverse is true for a lot of positions, building up linebackers, guys who uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but Greg Shiano was talking about like he can't wait for Jay Butler to get his hands on some of these guys and fill out their frames and that they right. eventually grow into these Big Ten type players. So uh, I think every year 
they're, the value of guys like Jay Butler and that staff become more and more evident as they as Rutgers is a developmental program and that pipeline fills out. And that's a great point, too, on Holland Pierce. Like, I can remember being up at a, a Rutgers camp, which Holland Pierce showed up to uh, out of Trenton Central um, when no one really knew who he was, which is hard to believe considering he, he's such a large human being. But I remember seeing him up, up at Rutgers camp, and he had trouble getting through camp, getting through a workout, and didn't necessarily have anywhere to go at the time. He ended up going to uh, prep school after that which kind of put him out there and gave gave him the opportunity at Rutgers. But initially, he didn't have anywhere to go. I had a completely different uh, type of body. And you look at the guy now. I mean, he looks like, you know, an NFL offensive lineman, uh, one of the Big Ten's, you know, better offensive linemen. So what a great story. Also, uh, credit, obviously, to, to Butler and Rutgers strength and conditioning program to take a kid from that to where he is now. Yeah, and I think it's a great example of uh, not only perseverance, but the fact that recruiting is an inexact science. You can't ever oh. really tell where these things go down the line. And right. some guys that are sure bets end up fl- you know, flaming out, and some guys who you think are flyers end up being some of your best players. So uh, keep that in mind when you're hearing me and Tajik talk about these kids. You know, sometimes <laughs> these things aren't don't work out how you expect. Um, right. I guess, Todrick, just is there anything that I haven't asked you or any recruits that we haven't talked about or just anything about this class that you think is kind of important to touch on that um, that Rutgers fans should know about? I just see a lot of, you know, high level players uh, in depth, you know, um, you know, some sound recruiting strategy here um, as Rutgers looks t- to, to fill the needs and where they have holes. I think the transfer portal, you will see a lot more patience from Rutgers. You've seen that up to this point. Uh, with Rutgers only landing one guy out the portal so far. I know you saw Kevin Wigginton ended up at Illinois uh, yesterday, Illinois, which has a strong strength and conditioning program and has been snatching players through the portal um, by using that, uh, which has been interesting. But uh, there'll be a whole nother session uh, for the transfer portal guys after the bowl games um, where, guys, where things will, will sort of shake loose and those guys will come back on campus for a few days in January, take some official visits. So you'll see more of that at the top of the year where Rutgers can uh, build upon uh, Dimir Miller, who they who they were able to pull from Monmouth. Teams are always looking for offensive line help, you know, tight end help, um, things of that nature. So And, and Ruck, Rutgers actively reviews every single player that enters the portal. I don't know if people know. So there's a good chance that they could be getting some additional help uh, at the top of the year as well. So that's something to look out for. The transfer portal is a whole different beast that we could spend probably three podcasts on. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It is in cycles. There's the initial wave. There's the post bowl yep. wave as these games end. There's the spring camp wave. Uh, and then you never know in the summer, things just kind of happen. Another right. thing about the transfer portal is obviously NIL, which is again, another topic for five different podcasts. Um, <laughs> our, our colleague Keith Sargent spent four months investigating the Rutgers NIL situation and had a great story on the oh. site this morning that I think everyone should okay. read and definitely think about. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I know it's a very complex topic that we, again, would take another five podcasts, but that that, that is another key thing that plays into the transfer portal. And I guess one thing before I let you hop in, Todrick, is I think the, the Dimir Miller piece is very important. I think getting a guy oh, yeah. like that is, is at a key position. Guys who have made the FCS All-American transition to the FBS have historically made good. I mean, they're not producing 1,200 receiving yards per season, but the transition is relatively solid. Each case they've had, I've mentioned in the last podcast, the kid from Albany went to Florida State and had a great year a couple of years ago. Uh, so I think that is a great addition for Rutgers. It's a great start to the transfer portal. I think we could all agree that they need more additions. But again, to Todrick's point, 
these things go in waves. It's not over yet. The 30-minute window isn't over, and there's the 15-minute window in the spring. And it's a great confidence builder for, for Gavin Wimsat and, and Rutgers quarterbacks, right, to be able to air the football out and have a guy who can track it, run underneath it, and give you the potential for a big play when things are so tight and, um, you know, in the box, you know, like, like, like so many teams like to play Rutgers. When you can really open things up with the threat of a guy like that, it makes it easier for everybody, the offensive linemen, uh, the running backs, and especially a guy like Gavin Wimsat, in which it allows him more time to make decisions and, 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 and use his strength, right? That deep, that deep ball, that arm strength, the ability to air the football out and have a guy make a play for you is a special thing. Um, one guy we didn't touch on, Brian, was Kaj Sanders. Right. Uh, probably the, the first big North recruit that Shiano has landed since he returned to Rutgers. Um, and I know he's a guy that they're certainly excited about uh, due to his, you know, well-rounded skill set. Um, I thought he had a monster year. I had him somewhere within the top five in my top 50 heading into the year. And he arguably had the best season uh, of anybody in the state when you're talking um um, ranking up over a thousand yards on the ground in the big north where the best football is played and over 17 touchdowns in the ground on top of playing safety um, and locking down the secondary uh, really worked on his ball skills throughout the offseason wasn't tested as much due to his four-star status and, and, and what he's shown on tape but I'm really excited to see what he could do at Rutgers uh, as 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 a plug-and-play or or a member of the two-deep um, but we'll certainly at, at the very least see him on special teams. He's a young man not coming to Rutgers to sit around and 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 and, and wait his turn. Uh, he's looking to break out the box right away, uh, do all the things he needs to do and have some success here at Rutgers and also convince other kids in New Jersey uh, to come join him. So I'm excited to see how that goes and if he can really kickstart that big north to Rutgers uh, pipeline. That's a great call, Todrick. And I think that in years past, the, them landing a big, top recruit from Bergen Catholic would have been a huge deal. I guess that does speak to the depth and how good this recruiting class is that we talked about it for 30 minutes and that kind of escaped our mind. So uh, it's a great <laughs> right. call by you. He's coming in as a safety, right? That's his uh, initial position. Right. But he's also a guy, I mean, I'm hearing rumblings about him being a guy that they could also have an offensive package for due to his ability to go. I mean, he's a 10, eight, you know, hundred guy. And I actually did a story on him uh, yesterday, a profile on him. Uh, and that Shamanate Madonna game when they faced um, uh, this team out of Florida with this super stacked roster. I mean, we know Bergen Catholic is stacked, but this team is probably about five times the stack, including the number one player in the country. Uh, that was an interesting game. But the one thing that re- the, the glaring thing that sort of stood out to me was the two main players on that Bergen Catholic roster that looked like they really belonged on that field were, were Kaj, obviously, and Quincy Porter, who's my number one player in the top 50, who's only a junior and who I just think is an absolute freak uh, in first-round draft pick. But uh, Kaj, I thought, ran hard in that game, played tough, played physical, and from that point on in the season really had a chip on his shoulder and and ran with a certain level of violence, Coach Campanelli said, that he hadn't seen um, from any player before that. So that's certainly exciting uh, when you start looking at the possibilities down down the road for Rutgers' offense and defense. And some of these guys like Antonio White, receiver slash DB, who's, I mean, big time and the highest-ranked player in the class. I mean, I think he'll play defense at Rutgers, but imagine that defensive secondary with White uh, and Sanders back there hawking the football, um, looking to come down in the box and set people's brain cells loose. Like, this will be a – this is an interesting group of guys with a lot of grown-up physical characteristics that I think could help them early on and give them give them a nice shot in the arm. 
Absolutely. And I think we mentioned before that the, the pipeline, Greg Schiano likes to talk about this as a developmental program. And you really like to see guys like this, young guys with tons of potential, be able to develop as the older guys, the Flip Dixons and the Desmondic Benosons play at safety. Then when they end up moving on to the NFL or what have you, you have a guy like Kosh Sanders who has been in that pipeline, ready to come in, play right away and really not skip a beat if all goes well and as projected. So um, oh, yeah. any any closing thoughts, Todrick, before I let you go? Just looking through the list here, um, you know, Greg signed seven more players from Florida, which is which is huge. Sort of digging back into uh, that region uh, where he's had success, where he's coached uh, in an area where he knows a lot of people and knows well. So uh, that's always going to be a theme here at Rutgers, a program which I feel was actually built off that Florida speed and guys from New Jersey and New York sort of banding together uh, to produce something that reached the heights of you know, 2006 or some of the best years Rutgers has ever had. So, um, you know, I look forward to see how those guys materialize. These Florida recruits, it's a different day and age, right? These guys like to take a lot of visits and move around a lot. So it's a whole different thing uh, to recruit some of those guys out there. Um, but it looks like, and, and especially keep them from taking visits to other schools after they're committed and doing things like that. So uh, I will say Shiano de has devised a pretty sound way to keep these guys within the box. I know a guy like Raynor Andrews uh, was tempted to uh, potentially visit uh, Syracuse when Fran Brown was uh, re recruiting him to come up for a visit uh, over the weekend. Um, but ultimately, uh, Rutgers has been really loyal uh, to Raynor and identified him first. And I think that loyalty sort of helped them win out and keep him off that visit and now have, you know, has him signed as a Scarlet Knight that they really have high hopes for down the line due to his size, you know, athleticism and ability to bend. Absolutely. Absolutely. And loyalty, you've had to uh, NJ.com and covering Rutgers. You've been doing it for more than a decade and it's why you're the best in the business, Todrick. I appreciate oh, uh, you taking some time to talk with us. And uh, if I don't talk to you until then, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and your family. And hopefully you enjoy the rest of the year. Merry Christmas, brother. I do want to plug um, my, my article, actually. I, I put out a post on, on Vabu and Fama Toure, um, something I put a put a good six months into I dropped it on a signing day, which is like the busiest day of the year. So it's easy for it to be overlooked, but I want you to check that out. If, if for nothing else to get a, a glimpse into Fama Toure, who I have uh, really high expectations for in Rutgers offense. I just think he's a special young man. And the story is about him and his brother, who's a year younger, who's going to Penn state and their explosive relationship, explosive yet supportive relationship, and that Rutgers Penn State potential matchup down the line, uh, beginning in I believe 2025. So, thank you so much, Brian. Happy Merry Christmas to you and your family, and to all the fans. And I just look forward to what what's to come in 2024. Excellent. Everyone should read everything you write, Todrick. I agree, it was an excellent story. And uh, here's to many, many more in the new year. So uh, for, uh, for Todrick, for myself, for the rest of the Rutgers NJ.com team, uh, this is the Rutgers rant, and we will hopefully talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers rant to participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone. Sign up at NJ.com slash insider.